Hey, everybody. Today, we're talking to the one and only Kathy Brown. And Kathy, it's so good to have you here. And uh, a lot of excitement around. As you can see, the room's full of people that yeah. want to hear all the juicy juice and behind-the-scenes stories. And and first of all, Kathy, let's, let's have you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about what you've done and what you've done. Uh, your career has been and uh, what's what's going on with you okay well Kathy Brown is my real name that might not be familiar to you guys but I wrote for about 10 years in the adult industry I wrote screenplays under the name of Ariel Hart and then some of them under Pearl Chavez um, I wrote a lot for Vivid I did some stuff for John T. Bone uh, did some stuff for Paul Norman, and it was great working with all of them. I also did a lot of interviews of performers in the industry, which was great fun. Everybody was always so gracious to give me their time. Um, and I wrote a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes articles. Directors were always great in inviting me to sets. So I kind of gave blow-by-blow -blow descriptions, no pun intended. And then I also did uh, a bunch of non-sex appearances um, in films. And I also did production assistant work a lot for Rick Savage. And that entailed everything from holding the paper towels, handing them out, to doling out the Abilene, to um, there's some, it's some fun things that, that um, I could talk to about working with Rick that I don't even think Jose knows about. Um, but um, I've never fluffed technically, but uh, sometimes I help things along. We'll put it that way. <laughs> that sounds so great. I just, uh, like I said, there's, there's a room full of people here wanting to get to the bottom of what you know. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> well, I also wrote Jerry Butler's Raw Talent with him. Uh, and that kind of catapulted me into the spotlight. And I just loved working with him. Uh, so that's another thing I did. All right. Yeah, let's start off with uh, Howie. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Can you hear me? You bet. Loud and clear. All right. Hi, Kathy. Howie, my crush. How are you? <laughs> I'm crushed. <laughs> you look great. Give Jeremy my love. I will. You know, I wanted to ask you something. I, I, was at, I asked Jeremy last night if we had ever been face-to-face -face ever. No. I don't remember. She said there was one award ceremony where she thought I introduced you to her. I don't think we ever met in person. I was. Ready I don't to, either. I was ready to go to uh, Pittsburgh when you were doing your your book signing in April, but that never happened because of COVID. That's right. Because I was like, I said to my husband, "Let's take a trip. Let's go out. I can't wait to meet Howie. That would be so great." And it never happened. Well, we'll have to stay alive and do it later. Yes, we will. Hi, everybody. I do have a question that starts off. We, we've got an international flavor again today. Uh, Joey from Australia couldn't make it, but, uh, but Tara's here from Canada. And Joey had a, a question. says, uh, which was the most difficult screenplay to accomplish? Hmm. Let's see. I think, um, well, I wrote the Passages series uh, for Christy Canyon. And it was four parts. And I think it was only two parts when they did it on cable television. And that was difficult because it was, it was long. And I also needed to keep the integrity of the characters. It kind of took uh, two young women. It was Christy Canyon and Jennifer Stewart. So it took them from their college years. They were roommates. 
uh, until adulthood when they graduate and they get jobs in the business world. So that was challenging because I, I wanted to keep the integrity of the characters. So that, that was a very challenging one. But that was like four films together. Oh, okay. Well, then let's, uh, let's shift up. We've gone down under. Let's, uh, let's see if we can unmute Tara here. She may have to hit a code. There you go. Tara's with us, and Tara's from Canada. And uh, welcome to the show, yep. Tara. Um, thanks, Patrick. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Tara. I'm glad you got your power back. I know. I was so scared I wouldn't be able to. My battery, my phone battery would die, and I wouldn't be able to make it. Oh. But I'm here. Um, I want to ask, what's the first adult movie you ever saw? Oh, I don't remember. Um, I think it might have been deep inside Jennifer Wells. There was a, a theater in my neighborhood that I would sneak into. I was about 17, and they never proofed me for age. But I was always really curious. The Deluxe Theater in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. And they had a tear down their curtain uh, that like blocked some of the action sometimes. But I was usually the only woman there, and I was always really curious <laughs> Sometimes I'd go there myself. Sometimes I'd go there with, with a boyfriend. And I just, I remember the trailer, which was so horrible. You know, she would say, and I invite you to come deep inside Jennifer Wells. <laughs> and, and she was kind of buxom. I don't know if anyone remembers her. And she kind of overdid it. She was, it, it was really funny. So that was one of uh, the first ones that I saw. Okay, I, I know that movie. I've skimmed through it a little bit. And I saw one by accident, too. I was like 13 years old in Greenwich Village, and somebody did an art film in a basement, and one of my, my older friends took us, um, and me and a friend, and interspersed with Jimi Hendrix was like a porno movie. Like, they were just doing bursts of it and I was 13 and this guy was horrified because you know our, our parents trusted him to take us to the village to go see some art galleries and this was like above and beyond and it was it was horrible there the guy had pimples on his butt and he was wearing dark socks and <laughs> it was just terrible the woman looked like a corpse she was old, older and kind of not into it and and so that was actually the first one and I don't know the name of it I grew up in a video store, and my parents ran a video store out of our kitchen. And my dad wow. always kept the adult. He kept the adult films up top. And and were you so I always remember some of the titles. Oh. Yep. Were you sneaking peeks at them? Would you like take them off? How did your fascination begin? Because it's rare to see a woman who's who enjoys adult films and is upfront and honest about it. And you're very talented with the way that you enhance photographs. So I wonder how you got interested. Um, it was Robert Kerman. Mm -hmm. I became a fan of Robert Kerman ah. from his Italian exploitation cannibal films. Ah. And I wanted to see more. So that's what led me, oddly enough. Cool. But I remember in West Meath titles like Crocodile Blondie and Backside to the Future. Right, right. And he was a great actor, too, besides being very handsome. Oh, yeah. 
I, I was able, yeah. lucky to meet him toward the end of his life. Um, he came to uh, Gloria Leonard's memorial, and by that time he was um, a bit older and not in very good health. In fact, that day he was very shaken. I think he doubled up um, on his diabetes medication by mistake, and he, he just wasn't feeling well. And the only way I recognized him was by his eyes. He had the same, like, beautiful, sensitive eyes. Sweet, sweet mm -hmm. Oh, well, thanks, Cassie. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tara, for, for being online today. Uh, now, how do you go from deep inside Jennifer Wells to saying, I'll, I'll, I'd like to do some of that, working with uh, scripts and, and being on set, handing out paper towels? <laughs> well, it, it was a long journey. I was always interested in writing. Uh, and then I became fascinated with adult films, and I just started renting a lot of movies that Howie was in, because not only was he extremely adorable, but he was a really good actor. And, and his films and his, his depictions seemed really genuine. Like, I love Talk Dirty to Me and roles like that. So I kept seeking out the better movies. And I began to think I could do that. You know, and, and as I began watching the films, I, uh, yeah, oh, up and coming. That was a great scene with Marilyn. Yes. So I, I became, um, I watched the movies, and because I had an editing background, I, I would, got really mad when they misspelled people's names. So Robert Rimmer had this, um, this guide out where he reviewed movies, and I wrote him a nasty letter that, like, you, you misspell people's names, and you're inaccurate, and you spell titty one way, and then you spell it another way. And he said, oh, you're right. Uh, I could use an editor. Would you like to type up my reviews and, um, and edit them? And I said, sure. And then that led to um, Jerry Butler. Uh, Jerry was doing films with uh, Chuck Vincent, and he kept saying, I want to write my biography, I want to write it, and Chuck got really tired of hearing it. He says, well, why don't you just contact Robert Rimmer, because he loves your work, and maybe he can write it with you, and he contacted Bob, and uh, then he, uh, Bob says, well, I could do it, but only if Kathy's involved. And it turns out that where I was living at the time in Brooklyn, it was only about a mile from where Paul or Jerry was staying with his mom when he made Chuck Vincent movies in Queens. And then the rest is history because then I had started to write a few scripts and people actually looked at them. And Paul Thomas was the first person to buy one of my scripts, and that was The Swap. Nice, very nice. We're going to get to some folks here. Steve Beal is, or Steve is on right now, and let's talk to Steve. He was one of the first ones on, and I think I skipped him last time, and I want to make sure he got on first time. Uh, no question. Just good to see you, Kathy. I've enjoyed your uh, travel logs through uh, Virginia the last few weeks, though. Thank you. Thanks. Just good to see you again. Same here. Well, Steve and I exchanged food recommendations because you're a foodie and you gave us some really good recommendations when we were in Texas, my husband and I. Good, good. good. I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. Yes, we did. Thank you. All right. Good. Well, thanks a lot, Steve, for stopping by. And we're going to hit up Howard, too, because I think I skipped Howard one other time and I want to make sure we got Howard on right away. Oh, no, no problem. It's okay. I'm just uh, 
just a, a voyeur today, I guess. I guess I'll say I have writer's block because I don't really have a question, but I do like all of your shout-outs to Brooklyn since I'm a Brooklynite myself. Ah. And it was uh, always great to see you at Casey's in the Flesh series, so I had yes. to pop on and zoom in on you as well and listen to all your fun stories and all that good stuff. Cool. I'm, I'm sorry Casey doesn't can't do those uh, series anymore. Even pre-COVID, they kind of stopped, but it, it got me to meet really cool people like... Um, bring the women in for the club 90 women in from yes. the west coast um and they were all his his series were always so thoughtful he brought mitch in i got to meet randy miller the who unfortunately passed away very recently um so it was it was always really nice to go to casey's events we'll okay. hope uh, we'll hope they return we will hope yes. they we'll hope they come back again soon <laughs> yeah, because he's in New York now, so hopefully he That's can right. keep doing them. Yes, yeah. we welcome him back. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Appreciate that, Howard. Hey, uh, a local celebrity we have on here just watched the Amazon uh, movie documentary on Charles regarding the uh, the San Francisco Giants, and I tell you what, that was a darn good. We're gonna I'm gonna rewatch it, but that was a good good little oh. documentary there. So, Charles, how you doing? I'm so glad that you liked it. I have to ask you, Kathy, one of my favorite porn stars was Bunny Blue. Mm-hmm. And are you still in touch with her? Will, he, will she do autographs? You know, I just, I liked her. I actually liked her before the boob job. But, you know, I wanted to ask you kind of what your kind of, you know, friendship was with her. Right. I'm not still in touch with her. I just really um, connected with her on the set. I was a PA on a few sets. Um, she did a bunch of Rick Savage movies, um, Anal Rescue 811, and things like that. And she was hilarious. There's a there's a few pictures that I posted. She was just such a cut up and and so crazy on the set. Um, she also came to some of Richard Cunis's parties. He had a place called Manhattan Video, and he would bring a lot of the actresses in for signings and things like that. And that's where I got in touch with Bunny as well. But I'm not really in touch with her. Pat might have some connections to her. No, kind I don't of that with like with her just her persona, and it's like I just I love that. It's like she was a character, and she was kind of fun, and mm-hmm. you know, it was who she was. Right. She reminded me a lot of Betty Boop. Uh, like, you know, she just had yeah. that little giggliness and she and it was all her. It was not put on. She was genuine. I think she was in a movie called Mind Mirror that Charlie Latour did that was kind of like an Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. Okay, I'll have to look for that. I don't know if you ever saw that, but I actually had to stand, do a... a uh, I had to stand in, not quite for her, but when, when a director walks up to you and says, what kind of underwear are you wearing? You know, you're in trouble when you're a PA. And I said to Rick, <laughs> why? And he says, well, Bunny has been in every single scene. So, you know, if we throw a wig on you and do this simulated scene, uh, would you do it? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know. And when I was a PA, I always tried to not you know, dress suggestively, because that was for the girls, and so they, I come out in these thong panties 
with this red wig, this long flowing red wig, and I'm supposed to do the simulated three-way with, with uh, Damien Cashmere and big John Valjean. And it was hilarious because he was, John was in white face and uh, Damien was in black face and, and they were switching me around over this like uh, horse kind of, you, you know, like the, uh, the horse with the pommels that you do gymnastics on. Right. And I was laughing. I hid my face because it was hysterical. They looked ridiculous. So, um, so that was, I was kind of a stand-in for Bunny, only because Bunny was in every scene. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Charles. Movie. Thank you so much, Kathy, Thanks. for being for being with us and with the group. And, you know, awesome. You. It's a good group. It's really a fun group. Thank you. Are you still, uh, you still have contact with Charlotte Latour? I do. I do. I, I have contact. Her husband, Bob, reaches out to me every once in a while. Um, would you like her for an interview? Perhaps? Well, she, she owns something I'd like just a little piece of. Oh. She owns Bill Margold's ashes. I did not know that. She paid, oh. for, his, she paid for his cremation. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. I know they, uh, Charlie and her husband had um, another business. They might be retired now, but um, they they were uh, very generous with their with their uh, crew. Um, they had another business to finance a lot of the the porn films that they wrote. Like um, I was also in another one called Silence of the Gams. That I had a non sex role as a, a very straight person who was Charlie's sister. So they were fun people to work for, and they were really kind and very fair to, to their, the people they hired. Because i got to keep up with Mark. If he's got some ashes, I need some ashes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, during, when, when Candida Royale passed, um, Veronica Vera did something really nice, is that she, the night before, she had this tiny little funnel, and she was filling these little vials with Candace's ashes and invited people to come up and take them. And uh, it was a really sweet thing to do. So maybe Charlie will share a bit of bill with you. Yeah, there you go. Casey's with us. Casey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Casey, it's great to see you. <laughs> good to see smile. you. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, yeah, a lot to smile about. I'm so happy to see you. And I hate that, yeah, I moved back to the city right before COVID, and I was looking forward to going to some of your readings, because I know you do readings out and about town. Yeah. And, and I'm so bummed that I can't go to any of your readings until things get, or if you're, if you're doing any virtual readings, or do you have anything lined up? I did do some, and, okay. and then I just kind of, I got Zoom bombed, and it was yeah. awful, and then I oh, stopped, God. and I might get back into that. I mean, I couldn't try to, I tried to get the, the intruders out of the room, and I just, yeah. they just kept oh, talking wow. back, so, so oh, I might no. do some more. So, Jeez, that um, would be great. Like me. <laughs> yes, yes, you need, yes. you need a good moderator like Patrick. I know, I do. I can't <laughs> and I was hoping <laughs> I know. Well, and I was trying to also get my screenings to go to return because, you know, this year is the 50th anniversary of feature adult films because Mona came out in 1970. Ah. So I really wanted to do something where we could show films and have guests and stuff. And um, the, the universe had different plans. But <laughs> um, my question for you, I really, well, first of all, I did, I guess I have two questions. One is kind of quick. Um, 
when you were working with John T-Bone, was he still with Misty Reagan, or was this after they had separated? Do you know? I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I okay. My feelings with him were um, he was in California, and I was in New York, and he mm-hmm. would call me with something like, you know, Catherine, I have this... I have this beautiful set. I have a ranch where I'm going to shoot a gangbang. But there's a very awkward moment when you start a gangbang. Is like, what to start? <laughs> so he right. hired me to write and paid me very well to write like five pages of dialogue that lead into the gangbang. And so that was our okay. dealings. They were kind of very peripheral. And it was kind of fun. Like he'd say, oh, I have use of a hospital emergency room or something like that. <laughs> and I would have to do an intro to a game bang, which was a challenge. Oh, wow. but it was fun. That's great. Okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I've heard various different stories about him. So I wasn't sure of, if he was still with Misty or not, because she's told me horror stories about him. Um, yeah. So my main question is actually, um, I know in terms of like star vehicles, you worked, not necessarily star vehicles, but you wrote a lot of films that starred Ashlyn Gear, And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm developing kind of an obsession with her because as I get more into 90s film and video, I am just completely blown away by how good she is in everything. Mm-hmm. So I wondered what your, um, what your memories were of her. And then I think... Um, her husband was a director as well that you wrote some films for. Yes. So, yeah. So I'd love to know your memories of, of both of them. Well, he was wonderful to work for. I can't remember the name that, that he used, but he was. It was Lane like, something, Parker. maybe Lane Parker. Yeah, I think that's Yeah. It. So yeah. he hired me to write some vehicles for her. I can't remember any of them. I'm looking at my cheat sheet, my CV here. But um, I I wrote something called New Lovers. I wrote a lot for Vivid and New Lovers, which which basically mm-hmm. took this uh, this crazy New Year's Eve that I had with uh, with the guy who's now my husband and the things <laughs> that we said to each other. And he's like, Oh my God! First of all, Randy Spears played him, and Ashley Gear played me. Oh wow! And it was just a joy <laughs> to write for her because she's such a good actress. And she's, she did a lot of straight films, too, and a lot of um, TV shows. I think she might have done something on Star Trek, New Generation. Mm-hmm. So it was always great to work for somebody who, who could act. It was always really wonderful. So my memories of, of her were really good. She might have also been in something that I wrote called Anonymous, also. Um, that was- Yeah, that rings a bell. But she mm-hmm. was just, she was wonderful. She, she really was. Mm-hmm. I think I met her once. Well, thanks, Kathy. You're I, welcome. Uh, oh, you only met her once? I think at oh, a convention. You know, because my, my work okay. was done at, in New York, and most of these people worked right. out of Los Angeles. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, it was great. You know, the work w- with PT and everyone was done by phone. That was like way before mm-hmm. Zoom. And I was really privileged mm-hmm. that they, they liked my work enough to, to hire me. And I think I wrote close to 60 adult films. I even did something mm-hmm. that Shishi LaRue directed. Uh, I did films. Really? Script. Yeah. Something called, let me see, Into, oh, what is it called? Into the Night, which <gasps> was. Oh, um, you wrote old... Into the Night? Oh, I did. Wow. I, I did. Know, I know was... this, Kathy. I love that movie. I, <laughs> I might have used a different name. Uh, because it must have been it 
because my my the regular name I used was associated with straight porn, and I also wrote uh, phone sex scripts for Jeff Jeff Stryker. Wow. Because they said, you know, Jeff is great, you know, but his imagination is just like he just can't come up with this stuff. Right. So as a straight woman, <laughs> I just wrote what I liked about men, and hopefully that's what he liked. And right. I also wrote uh, phone sex scripts for Tracy Adams, too. No, I love her, too. Yeah, she's great. Wow, I had no idea you had your hands in the gay porn industry too. That was my only wow. one. I That's did a lot. I did some all-girl scripts for Vivid. Um, mm -hmm. I did something also um, called Women of Color, which it was supposed to be women of all different colors, but the African American actress never showed up, and I was like, "How could you still call this Women oh, no. of Color?" That's crazy. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Well, thank you for being here, Kathy. I have so many more questions, but I'm hoping that I can ask those of you when we get a chance to meet in person in New York after COVID. Yes, so. and have some coffee. And Yes, I would love yes, to. Yes, please. That. And I would love to see Peter, too. I adore, I adore your husband. I think he's oh, such a sweetheart. You. Yeah. So thank you for being here, and thank I hope to see too. you soon. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Casey. Um, yeah, if you worked with uh, Jeff Stryker, what a voice. Yes. Yeah. I never heard um, the final results, but um, he, he was just a treat for the eyes. Extremely handsome and uh, did some good work. Yeah, I've, I've chit-chatted with him back and forth on chat about getting some autographs, and he just pushed me to eBay and said, there you go, and that's okay. Aww. But, you know, it's one of those deals. So um, anyway, Mark is with us. Mark, how are you doing this afternoon? Good. Good to see everybody. Kathy, thanks. Hi, Mark. Um, I just wanted to ask, um, I'm doing Gloria Leonard's biography. Yes. And as you have written a porn memoir, mm -hmm. what advice do you have for someone taking on that task? Well, I, I really, it's a huge task, and I, I appreciate you taking it on, and I can't think of anyone else better for it. Uh, my, my advice is to just take it kind of bird by bird, little by little, and don't let it overwhelm you, because I know um, I, I am friendly with her daughter, Robin, and Robin has such great records and archives, and there's so much material that it could be overwhelming, you know, to I just have it all. Okay, get this all in. <laughs> yes. And um, so I just think just take it little by little, step by step. And I actually, uh, Robin hired me to, to uh, write uh, a proposal to get Gloria's film done, which I am just really honored. She trusted me with that. And I just, I just at this point in my life, being a 61-year-old old lady, I can't imagine doing another bio you know, like that. But I just take it little by little. And and I just love the work you've done. I loved the Dolomite movie. It was so great. And your hand in that. That's I'm I'm wrapping that up finally and that's actually been thirty years of my life. So I do not plan to spend thirty years writing glory. <laughs> <laughs> but you could but, because Howie spent thirty years writing his. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, to getting that, and, and uh, you know, I appreciate your comments and, and everything, and hopefully everybody will enjoy it when it finally comes to life. Thank you. 
Thank you. And, and I appreciate the work you do with Serena because I know she is not very tech savvy and, and you posting on her Facebook page and directing people to her Twitter feed. I appreciate that. I worked with her on Backstage Girls, which is her poetry that was set to some of her photographs, but then Annie Sprinkle took some photographs and Steve Sambrano kind of behind the scenes of what happens um, at, um, at a dance theater where women are performing. And it's just like, there were some photographs of women like ironing their costumes or knitting <laughs> in between sets and, and just, you know, Serena being kind of overwhelmed by everything. Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful project. And Pat just showed his copy. Yeah. You have everything on hand. That's so I, great. I mean, just with an arm's reach and it, I, I, it's just, yeah, it's sad, but it, it happens. So. And it's it's just it was really beautifully done by Velocal Publishing. It's an art book. I, it really is. It's I I think it's well done, and I was so honored to be involved with people like Annie and and um, Barry Wolfson, who did uh, photography for uh, Playboy, um, and he shot Serena. I mean, she looked like Marilyn Monroe. It was he had a lot to work with because she's just gorgeous. So yeah, we're we're uh, contemplating a uh, a DVD project, her and I, right now. Oh. So uh, I'm just kind of uh, in the initial stages, but I, I love her to death. She's my auntie, and oh. uh, she she comes and stays with us sometimes, and oh. and uh, she's she's just wonderful. I can't say enough about you know how much I love her. She's such a kind soul. She really yeah. is, and she worries about like when I had health issues. She was so worried about me, and I think I last spoke to her in April, and she was like in tears. She's like, "I'm so glad you're doing okay," and she's just so kind. She really is. Thank you. Thanks, hey, thanks a lot, Mark, you. for for chiming in, and and uh, it's always great to see Mark's background. Boy, that's a lot of a lot of history back there. I always like keeping up with with Mark and what he's doing. Jose is with us. Jose, how are we doing today? I get you unmuted here, Bob. Um, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jose. You said you'd put on clean underwear for me and shave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to stop shaving. Oh, see all those guys with fur on their face there. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. All over the place. Listen, uh, talking something out of uh, porn. When is the next book coming? Um, I'm working on a people couple. People do know she writes beautiful books. Yes. Thank you. I, I In my other life, I write regular novels. Yes. And, Jose, I think you've read all of them. Yes. Um, and one of them, I just, can I tell this story where he read his wife an excerpt? Because they're not sex books, but there's there's a lot of sex in them because people are people and this is what drives us. And um, so Jose was reading this passage aloud to his wife from, I think it was from the Bells of Brooklyn. And, and no. which one was it? Was it? Where the woman yes, got the, the uh, was it oh, yes, a yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, the and, Bells of Brooklyn. And so you read your wife a passage and, and you said, oh, I got, I got head from it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm glad I turned Danielle on. Yes. Uh, so I'm waiting for the next book. And where is that drum girl? Um, different drummer. Um, it's where, you know, COVID put a halt on everything. There's nothing happening yes. in Broadway. 
but where I just found, I just realized that Gloria Estefan's daughter is a drummer. Yes. And she's a great singer. And so we're, we have, and I asked my cousin in Miami, I'm like, do you know the, the Estefan people? You know everybody. And he actually has an in. So we're just trying to sneak it into them because it would be a wonderful project for her daughter, yes. Emily. Yeah. So this but is- You the, were talking about putting it on Broadway before coronavirus, of course. Right. And, and, uh, it didn't and then everything just stopped. Yes. Yeah. Are you still in touch with uh, David Christopher? Um, yes, I am. And his biography came out of a few months ago, and yeah. it was, I loved it. It was weird. Yeah. It, well, it was different because it's yes. like him. It was a little spacey. You know, he forgot <laughs> things, and it's like, it's like he talks. And I think that's really nice that his nephew captured his voice. Yes. Uh, Avian hated it, but at least they published a bad review. So yes. uh, they couldn't stand it, but I, I really liked it. I had a good time working with you and uh, Sue, of course. Yes. When we, we did worked, that, uh, it, it was, um, I was on the set. David invited me on the set of Pussy Power 3. So yeah. I got to meet um, Susie Nero, uh, Lee Carroll. Yeah. Who, who I was scared of because she's such this big, <laughs> but she, she was a sweetheart, but I was very scared of her. And you were the only guy in that, weren't you? Yes. You were. And, yes. and, had fun. and that little girl named Angel, who yeah. was one of uh, Susie's friends, and I think she worked at the Harmony, and it might have been the only film she did. Yeah, I think so, too. She was not really, and she was doing it, basically, sitting pussy and uh, yeah. kissing Susie. Yeah, that, that was it. She was yeah. Susie's little plaything. Well, yeah. it's funny, um, right? After that, uh, we did that scene, a friend of mine went to the a Harmony and was getting a lap dance from her, and he mentioned me that I worked in the industry, and she had just met me, so he's getting a lap dance, and the whole time she's talking about me, and he said <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of ruined the buzz for him. <laughs> but I, I hope we get together soon with, with K, uh, Casey and you and a few people, like we did last time. Yeah, we, we, this was about, was it two years ago that I organized a lunch for some yes. of the New York unicorns or dinosaurs? Yes. So there was, um, who else showed up? Um, Eric Monty showed up. Carter came all the way from Pennsylvania. So Veronica Vera. Yeah, Veronica. Uh, yeah. Viv Forlander, who worked with Candace for a long time. So, yes. So we really had a fun time. And um, I have a, a fun story for you, Jose. I don't know if you know it, but when we were working on uh, Silence of the Gams, you had a very difficult scene with Charlie Latour. Yes. He took place in a jail cell. He had to oh. shut off the air conditioning because <laughs> it was making noise. You were sweating. You kept slide. She kept sliding off the jail cell seat, and <laughs> and it was difficult for for both of you. So Rick was directing, Rick Savage, and he said to me, I was standing on the side in case you guys needed anything. And he said, you know, Kathy, I, I hope you don't mind, but Jose really likes you. Would you mind tilting your ass toward the screen? <laughs> you know, and help him a little. And, and I don't know if that did it or if you noticed. Yeah, of course but, it did. Of course. But you finished the scene and it was like yes. four in the afternoon and we were starving. We couldn't break for lunch until you popped. <laughs> And we were like, yeah. That was before the time of the little blue pill. 
Yes, <laughs> and it was the conditions. We were doing the real thing. It was terrible. I felt oh, you, you mentioned a little blue pill in your book. We yes. were doing it before. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I have something for you, Howard. Uh, in our days, you left just before, but a lot of girls and guys were doing a lot of coke. And one time I find out that they were sucking me and I was getting numb. <laughs> they were going in the back, smoking a little bit, and then coming back, boo, boo, boo. And I say, wait a minute, what happened to my thing? <laughs> cool. A lot of people you... like to rub it on their teeth and gums. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when the transfer happened. Yeah. Okay, Kathy. Love you. Love you too. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Jose. Thank you very much for showing up. We need to get uh, Sue Nero on, on one of these where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking, but... Eh, that will be tough. That will yeah, be tough. Be tough. Be tough. Yeah. I talked anyway. talk to her during the daytime when her husband is cutting meat somewhere because uh, he's, he's a nice guy. He loves her, but he's kind of straight. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. Keep, we'll, keep, we'll keep talking. So yep. anyway... <laughs> Plus, She's not technologically gifted either, so I don't think she's ever done Zoom. That's so all right. Really well, it's always coached. a good time to teach somebody. And we have yeah. dress. We can do a dress rehearsal and a, yes. a, a <laughs> trial run or something like that. That's not a big deal. So Jorge is with us. Jorge, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Yourself? Good. Excellent. Uh, Kathy, I just want to say thank you for joining us, and I'm so proud of you for being a survivor. And like we said um both my mom and my sister are survivors and you know i was asking pat i was doing research on you and i really couldn't find you but you know i'm just proud of you for being for being a survivor thank you well i've written under the name ariel hart and pearl chavez as i said i borrowed that name from the main character in duel in the sun um, and also by my real name, well, Kathy, Catherine Tavell is the name that I, I was married to somebody else when Raw Talent came out. So that's what that is published under. So some people know me by that name, but my name now, uh, Catherine Giganti Brown, I've, I've published a lot of novels and a lot of articles, and I've written a lot about breast cancer and survivorship and stuff like that. Okay. And I just want to say thank you for joining us. And, you know, I'm so proud of you and, you know, for being a survivor. And, thank you. You know, my mom and my sister, you know, so thank you. Thank you for joining us tonight. No, thank you. It's an honor. And, and you know, there's a, there's a bunch of us. Unfortunately, Karen Summer is going through that that battle right now, and she's just being such a trooper about it. And I go through her, her partner, Dave, and I give him hints about, you know, ways to deal with chemo and things like that. So uh, she's right. just, you know, I, I think people who go through this are really strong. Now, Jorge, right. you're in Florida? Are you located down? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in Miami. Okay, because I, I read a bit about you, and you, you worked with, uh, with uh, a canine unit, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you know, unfortunately, I've been furloughed because of, you know, the, cru the cruise lines, you know, they're not sailing right now, and, right, you know, right. et cetera, et cetera, but, but, yeah, in the military, I was an MP, and, you know, I did canine, and, you know, but, yes, yes, thank you. 
Oh, I have a cousin down there who was on the Hialeah Fire Department, and he was one of the people who uh, dealt with, uh, got the calendar off and running. So oh, I'm, okay. I'm familiar with that area, and I have family down there, so I was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My background, you know, as I've told Pat, yes, I'm, I'm canine, so yeah, yeah. thank cool. you. <laughs> cool, well, thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jorge. Chris is with us. Chris, how are we doing today? Hi there. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Uh, good. Kathy, Hi. Um, I, I found out about your writing passages. We had a little exchange in the group, uh, in the Facebook mm -hmm. group about that. And, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. When you wrote that, did you know who, the, did you, know who you were writing for? I knew Chris. I knew I was writing for Christy, okay. um, and and yes, PT did tell me that he was thinking of casting Jennifer Stewart in in the role of her best friend. So I did know who I was writing for, and it helps to know that you're writing for people who could really act mm -hmm. and and who care about what they're doing. So um, it was just a great vehicle. And first, I only wrote uh, part one and two, and it just took off so well, and they had such a rapport that I was asked to uh, do three and four. And yeah, I was surprised that they were written, because they seemed to me, it always seemed to me that Vivid was taking a whole movie and chopping it in half, and, and again, to make, I assume, to make just more money, um, because the credit sequences were the same, but, like, there were people in, in the credits for the second movie that were only in the first half or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that... Uh, that you actually wrote four totally separate scripts for it. I thought it was just two that they artificially divided. No, this this one was actually four separate ones, and and I knew how I had to break it up because you have to have you know a certain number of girl girl and a certain number of, of boy girl and then one three way and you know what different actresses would and wouldn't do you know things like that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, one last question, real quick. Um, your your non-sex roles in uh, in the films. What what name did you use? Just so I can look you up in that. I think I used the name Ariel Hart. I have to look. Yeah, I think it was Ariel Hart. Okay. Um, and some of them I can't remember. The first of April, I actually went down. Jerry Butler was in the movie, and I went down to watch. And then PT and I. That was the first time I met PT, and he ended up buying a lot of my scripts. But um, I was watching a scene that Jerry did with Stephanie Rage, and um, it took place in a beauty parlor. They, they had a chair and everything. So I uh, had a non-sex role where I sat in the chair and Stephanie pretended to cut my hair. And, uh, and then they had sex in the next chair, and I, have, I think I had to look indignant and all that <laughs> stuff. But um, I think I might have used Ariel Hart for most of the, the non-sex roles. Okay, great. Well, it's great, to, uh, it's great to have a chance to talk to you. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Chris, for stopping by and asking some questions. Next week, we have Brittany Andrews that's going to be here. I've, I've talked to Brittany a couple different times, and she's good to go, she says. So we hope that uh, we don't have any issues there. Now, some of the people say, well, I wish you'd have some of the newer stars on there. Then I'm like, I line up the newer stars, and they don't show up. So mm -hmm. uh, we always... <laughs> like to sometimes just go to our old standbys, which are always great to, to talk to. And I know that um, I sent some photos to PT this week 
and I'm, I'm going to break it to the news to him that um, I'd like to have him on here sometime too. And I know that uh, we're going to get uh, Stephen on here, Sean Elliott, uh, just before Christmas. And so he's got a lot of fun tales to tell. Uh, Casey had some more questions for uh, Kathy. So let's swing things back over to Casey. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> Hello again. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you mentioned already, where did the name Ariel Hart come from? Because when I think Ariel, I, I, I guess it's a generational thing, I think Little Mermaid. But this, I think you, you started using the name before Little Mermaid. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. Um, Ariel in Hebrew means lioness of God. So I okay. knew, like, in this business, I had to be really strong because there were very few women. There was, like, Raven Touchstone and, and Ann yes. Randall, and that was it. Oh, yeah, and Ann Randall. Mm-hmm. She, she was great. And then Hart, I took the surname out of respect to Veronica Hart, who is married to my cousin, Michael. Yeah. So okay. I took, like, the family porn surname. So that's how mm. I got that name. That's interesting. So did the industry ever con- did you or Janie or anyone in the industry connect that Ariel and Veronica had a relation based um, on the last name, possibly? I don't think they connected it, but um, but we actually, you know, okay. we told people. But I don't think anyone made the connection. Okay. But she's okay. just she's so right. great. I thought she that would be – oh, yeah, I love her. Yeah, I love her. Um. I was trying to think there was another director that you, Oh, Paul Norman. So Paul yes. Norman, I find really interesting because he was the, he kind of got the bisexual bandwagon going in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I think he personally identifies as bisexual and he was involved with Gina Fine, who I right. also am just in love with. So what, what do you remember about Paul Norman um, as a, uh, working with him? I, I would, because I, I really enjoyed working with him. He was seemed kind of shy and kind of quiet um, he, he knew exactly what he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. I, I sold him a script called Bigger, which was based on the film, the mm-hmm. Tom Hanks film Big, where he wished he was big. And here, this was a porn oh. actor, uh, Jonathan Morgan played, he wished he was bigger. And of course, he's so big that it doesn't fit in, into hardly anyone. And Norman <laughs> says to me, he goes, oh, I wish I could find an actress who could accommodate him and I'm like, you know, I know a girl. So it was actually Samantha York. And oh, yeah, uh, so okay. she, she had um, films where she, uh, private films that she did with her husband, uh, amateur films where uh, she was intimate with a Louisville slugger. So I said, I wow. bet she could do this. So the person actually who did the special prosthetic makeup uh, worked in Hollywood, worked in like Star Wars movies and stuff. And he just did things like this because it was a challenge and it was fun. And another movie I did with Norman was The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which Buck Adams had this awful Quasimodo face and and hump. And uh, he was wonderful. He might have won an award for it because he was great in it. I think he might have. Yeah, I, I love Buck Adams. I Yeah, he left us too soon. Yeah. 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 And he was a good director, too. Yeah. He really was. He was. So um, the gentleman, I can't remember his, I don't know if I ever knew his name, but he did the special effects makeup uh, for Buck also in that. And another thing that I did for Paul, which, which I, I just was so 
proud of. I did the erotic adventures of the three musketeers. And yes. one version was R-rated. And in that mm -hmm. version, everybody used their real name. Like mm. they felt so proud of it that they could do something that their family could watch. And, you know, yeah. Holland, everyone used their real name. So I, I was just, that really touched me. Wow. That's interesting. And that's because that's something that I know happened, you know, in the early 80s. And that, that didn't really happen that frequently no. after a certain point. We were being R-rated version and X-rated version. That's really interesting. Hmm. Huh. I need to see I need to see both versions then. What do you remember if there were substantial differences between those two versions? I don't think so. Besides I just think the, sex, the hardcore obviously. stuff was out of it. And I, I remember okay. I, I think Shishi LaRue has had a role because it was a, a king oh, who God. wanted to be queen. So Shishi was Larry was in it. And of course. I just I love his work. It's just <laughs> so funny and so sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Um, there was one, there was another, what was it that I was going to ask you about? I'm trying to remember. I have them written down. Wait, I do have them written down. Oh, Michael, uh, Michael Craig, who I know very little about. So mm -hmm. I think you're credited as writing only like one movie for one or two movies for him. I don't know if you recall. I don't know. Was that, did that you also was. go by the name of Mike Sedan? He, he did, I did an R-rated film. Possibly. Okay. Because, yeah, because there, he, I was looking for, I saw obviously a lot of PT. I saw a lot of Bud Lee mm -hmm. um, and other directors, but Michael Craig stuck out to me because I didn't, that name did not ring a bell to me at all. Um, yeah, it doesn't to me either, unless that's uh, Mike Sedan's okay. um, nom de porn. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But um, Bud Lee, I would love to know more about just because I know, he came into the business with Hypatia mm -hmm. and then I think they separated, but they still did movies together. Is that correct? That he directed yeah. her? Okay. Yes, they did. Um, and, and I worked, I did a few films for him. There was one when I, he swore he paid me and I swear he did not pay me. I, I don't know what that <laughs> actually um, ended up being. It might've been called different drummer as well or, mm. or something like that. Okay. Um, but, uh, he, he was okay until he, until he stiffed me. I mean, I, I dealt a lot with Asia and she, she was mm. really great. Um, I, yeah. I still love her. She's so smart and she's so funny. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm, she's another one that I'm discovering in the nineties that is like you hear these names are, are very familiar when you know about films of the nineties, but when you're actually watching them and seeing them, it really surprises me. They really do deserve to be remembered and revered now you know they yeah. truly are stars and it's interesting after spending so much time in the films of the 70s and 80s that yeah there were good films good actors and actresses good writers and directors in the 90s too mm -hmm. and i think they're they're overlooked a lot so i'm glad to be catching up on them so i was active for about 10 years and it was really from 89 to about uh 99 or 90 so so i okay. got in you know Pretty much all the 80s, I was writing the, the films. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun. Okay. And I, then I prostituted myself yeah. because things changed. And they were doing mm -hmm. gonzo movies, and they really didn't need people to write. So I prostituted myself and uh, mm -hmm. went into the uh, business world, into the corporate world, and worked for a Fortune 500 company, which was like, 
I mean, porn at least was honest. This oh. was, you know, bullshit writing about, you know, new products. Who really cared? You know, but porn, I thought, like, the people <laughs> them were brave, and they became really good friends. I mean, Rick Savage is like a member of the family. He spent Thanksgiving with us, except this yeah. Thanksgiving we're not doing anything because of COVID, but, you oh, know, people no. just right. became really oh. close friends. All right. Good enough. Hey, appreciate it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jose has uh, something else to add real quick. Yes. No, I have some question for you. Uh, any chance that one of these days you get Vanessa? Um, I don't have a contact for. If I, if I had a contact, you know, all these people I, I email to or see on social media or whatnot, I, I have a contact for, and I don't have a contact for Vanessa. I think I still have an active email but, uh, address for Mark her. raises his hand, so maybe we, can, maybe we can work on this. She'd be great. She would, yeah. be, would, be. She would be fantastic. She's a darling. So, oh. you know, let's put it this way. She made me famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate that. Uh, Eric Monty is with us. Eric, how are we doing today? I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, Patrick, I'm fine. It's always a pleasure seeing Kathy. She knows Good that. I always, you. I always enjoy talking with her. Any question for her? Um, I wonder how she's doing, how she's been or how she's feeling. And I'm feeling very good. Uh, just came back from a road trip. Um, so that was really nice. Um, so I'm, I'm doing okay. And and we met on the set of Dirty, yes. Eric and I. And uh, the gentleman who is uh, became my husband uh, was had a non-sex role as your chauffeur. Yes. And, you know, all your male friends are like, oh, when you ever, you know, do a porno movie, I, I want to be on the set. And so nobody showed up. You know, it was like, who has a suit? And Rick was, again, Rick Savage was doing this movie. And he cast yes. Eric as a mafioso. And you were great. Thank you. Um, you and it was a fun role. But I think maybe when you showed up, I was a PA. And you might have thought you were going to work with me. So I I'm saying this is I'm sorry sweet. to disappoint you. Pretty sweet-looking Italian girl. I, I don't know if anybody told you I had, I had a little bit of a crush on you, but anyway, I want oh, to tell you. Oh, thank you. I'm you honored. Know. You know, you're sweet. Anyway. It was it was great watching you work. I mean, watching you act, and then you, you just had these wonderful scenes with with that new cover newcomer. What was her Whitney. name again? Whitney. 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 Yeah, yeah, she was beautiful. But you know, I do take pride in my acting. So I'll end it on that. I, I really do. I take pride in my acting ability. Thank you. You did a good job. Well, Rick saw that you had the potential, you know, know, to be this quiet, powerful mafioso, you know, without doing the fake, you know, eh, accent. <laughs> and you did a great job. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Very nice. Great. Great. Hey, let's swing things one more time to uh, to Tara up in Canada, see if she's got anything to round out our, our show today. Again, next week is going to be Brittany Andrews. And so we're excited about that. And uh, we'll be promoting Brittany a little bit. But anyway, Tara, what's going on? Anything else up there? Um, one of my cats is playing with my foot, but <laughs> and I'm enjoying listening to everything. <laughs> but I was going he's, to... He, his name's Tiny Tommy. He's over four, but he's sort of runty. He never quite grew up. He's very cute. Yeah, he was uh, four weeks old, abandoned by his mom, and my sister and I took him in. Oh. But I saw some uh, photos of you and Jerry Butler handing out uh, presents. Yes. Um, and uh, 
he well he used to do that every christmas um when he was home he would go to coney island hospital he would get little toys and hand them out to uh dress up as santa claus and jeffrey wallach who was an amazing uh wardrobe person in new york he worked with with chuck vincent jeffrey kind of pimped out paul or jerry's Santa Claus suit, and um, so he would dress up, and one year he says, come on, Kath, come down, you know, dress up like my elf and help me, and I'm like, oh, I'm too busy, he's like, you'll do this, and it's just amazing, you know, that the people that you touch, and we went to the children's ward, and people didn't know who he was, and I was handing out these presents, and I'll never forget one little boy, he was not even a year old, and he was in this, like, steel crib, and he had never been to Santa before. And so his mother thanked Jerry so much. He was like, you know, thank you so much because he's been so sick. He hasn't been able to go see Santa. So he had a he had a really good heart. He could be crazy, you know, as Howie could attest to. Uh, but he his heart was in the right place. And with raw talent, I think a lot of things he said, he just kind of like, impulsively blurted out things and um and i think if he were diagnosed he might have been diagnosed with adhd because he was just always couldn't stop moving he was so kinetic and um so sometimes he said the first thing that came out of you know that came to mind and with raw talent he really didn't mean to hurt anybody but he, he just said stuff and um, mm -hmm. I don't think he looked, looked over proofs. I mean, he could have changed anything. And, you know, I would question things like when he said about Lois Ayers, you know, like, oh, I pulled Monopoly game pieces out of her vagina and all this stuff. And I'm like, Paul, do you really want to say that? And he's like, you know, whose book is it? Is it mine or is it yours? You know, so um, he, he had a very sweet side to him, though. Yeah, I thought you loved child. Go ahead, Tara. What was that again? Um, I just said that I saw Kathy's love child with Paul. I can't remember. I think it's a, some toy or something. I think someone made a joke. But. Oh, yeah. We were standing there um, with um, a big toy that he won um, yeah. in, in uh, Coney Island. But that, I'll, I'll actually post the picture on the site of, of him and me during Christmas because that's, that's what I originally thought of him as Santa Claus. Yeah. But yeah, he said like this big stuffed panda that he won for me was our love child. And many yeah. people in the business thought that uh, um, that we had an affair and, and that we, we were lovers, but honestly, we never were. Um, he said to me that uh, I was to him something that women, a lot of women never were. I was just his friend. And, um, you know, a lot of people, he was so handsome. He had these cheekbones that were incredible and incredibly beautiful skin. And, and men and women, I think, wanted, always wanted something out of him, wanted sex out of him many times. And very few people just wanted him for him. So I appreciated mm -hmm. that, even though I wouldn't have minded fucking him. But, you know, <laughs> it wasn't in yeah. the stars. Is that the one that got away? One of many, probably. But I, I think, you know, also you need to kind of keep it professional. Uh, I've, I've been with very few men in the business. And, um, you know, because I was writing reviews, I felt like I had to, I, I kind of had to keep it separate. Okay. 
All right. Well, how do you have anything else so you kind of start things off? Well, once again, um, whenever you have somebody from the East Coast on, I'm always surprised to learn things about this whole other world that was going on across the country that I knew nothing about. And Kathy, you have a remarkable place in the history of the East Coast. From a, a position of PA and observer of humanity and the other roles you put yourself into, you really see the big picture of that era. And that, that's another book all by itself. Um, I guess it is. I don't know. But but he, whether you write the book or not, it's amazing that that's who you've become in this age and now that we all meet here. And I, I, mm -hmm. get a, I get a very large picture of things I didn't know about what the East Coast life was like and who the players were. And you're also a very nice person, basically, and very diplomatic. Uh -huh. Thank you. Don't, you. You're not selling grudges like a lot of people do, when, uh, especially when we get older and get a few drinks in us. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that part. And Patrick, once again, you. You're just carving out a nice niche for yourself and presenting a wealth of information to everybody. Um, I, I don't quite know how to relate to this generation stuff because I'm, I'm so far removed and uh, I don't really uh, see it anymore. So I don't know who's shaking the world and who isn't. Uh, but I do know this, that um, we all tend to think that the things that we grew up jerking off to is the hottest stuff. So when people of my age look at what's coming out now and they go, ooh, 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 there's no this, there's no that. Well, of course there isn't, you know, because it's not our time now. Mm -hmm. uh, but when our kids grow up, these the people today are the ones that they're going to want to hear talk about it and be the images of the, that arouse them. So the world changes, and uh, we all play our parts. It does. And your son Bobby is doing some very interesting work in – in his own niche in the industry. He did he did that one film. He directed that one film, right? Well, he's done a second thing now um, called Getting Out the Vote, which oh. was done, you know, he's part of a, an artivist community, they call it, artivist, as in art and activist. Mm -hmm. And so he had a couple having a full, full on hardcore sex, but they were not pretty and they weren't ugly. They were normal looking people. And uh, oddly enough, I was put off like, oh, I don't want to watch them fuck. <laughs> but after a while, the, the humanity came through. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it reminded me some of like in art class when I was a young man. We, I heard we were going to have a nude model. And oh, I was so hot for that. And a woman came in who has to weigh 350 pounds. I went, oh, God, <laughs> no. And then we had to draw her. And after like a half an hour, she was so large. She contained every woman, and you saw every woman in her. It's like John Holmes' dick. John Holmes' dick speaks to every man's fantasy. He fucked for an entire day. It was amazing to, to see it from that perspective because um, he, never, he never knew what to do with it himself. He was, <laughs> he was a strange fellow. But the dick itself was like a nuclear weapon. So the, the oversized model was like that. And in Bobby's movie, the normal people having sex became, a, uh, you weren't caught up in the cult of glamour or, or jealousy of, of looks. You didn't have to be beautiful to be a good lover or mm -hmm. a good person or a, or a sexually satisfied person. So that's, that's, uh, that's part of the woke generation's contribution to the sexual revolution that's happening now. And uh, I like that. I like seeing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, hey, I appreciate everybody for coming by for another Sunday evening. It's always great to see everybody and everybody come out. Kathy, we certainly want to thank you for sharing uh, your time with us tonight and and uh, giving us a little peek inside of what your, your career is all about. I really appreciate that. This is fun. Thank you for inviting me and thank everybody for coming. This is really great. I love reminiscing. <laughs>